Coming up on the Money Beat Podcast, it is food fight time. It's a Friday, and we're going to mix it up, talk about Donald Trump and the markets. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Everything you need to know about money and the markets, and then some. Now, from New York, Financial Food Fight. Welcome to the Friday Food Fight. Paul Vigna, Stephen Grosser, and John Carney in the studio here in Midtown Manhattan. And our very good friend Chuck Jaffe joining us from the uh, the phone lines there, the Boston Brahma himself. Gentlemen, it is Open Lines Friday, let's call it, although we're not taking any calls. It's uh, Open Lines for us. Any topic can be discussed, anything that is on your minds, as long as it's, it's interesting. It better be interesting. Make it interesting. Uh, John Carney, what do you got for me? I think uh, the story of the moment has to be Donald Trump. Uh, And what does he mean for financial markets? Uh, Not to overplay this too much, but there was a a little rally today, uh, midday, right as Chris Christie came out and endorsed Donald Trump. Um, I, you know, does this mean that, you know, the market... You're not not really suggesting that the markets are already paying that much attention. Probably not. Um, but you, what I would say is, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk um, uh, about. And that how, rally did fade, by the it, way. It, I don't know it, if you it, noticed. It did fade very yeah. quickly. Um, you know, and it was just one endorsement by one guy. So you wouldn't expect it to have some big permanent move. Uh, but a lot of people have talked about uh, recently, you know, what would be a sort of a Donald Trump trade. Or, uh, you know, would he be good for, for stocks, yeah. bad for stocks? Is he good for the economy? Uh, I, I, I fall on the bullish side when it comes to, to Donald. Um, I think that there's uh, – if he got elected, it would mean people were buying the, the message that he can make America great again. And that's got to be bullish, right? If, if, if the majority of Americans think America is going to be great again and they elect Donald Trump, that you know, I think that's stocks go up, the economy you know goes bonkers as people you know start feeling more confident, willing to buy. Stuff. So, so regardless of, so you're you're literally talking about just, you're not even talking about his policies, what he actually is going to do. I, just I literally don't that idea. It would be very hard to tell what is going to happen under a Trump presidency in terms of policies. I just I, I I'm a believer in you know the sort of sentiment and spirits behind the market. But is that, that going to be a long term? Because there's a difference. I mean, a president's in there for four years. There's a difference between like, you know, a stock pop, you know, on the sentiment, oh, he's going to make it great. And then the reality of his four well, years in I, office. I would say it goes beyond stocks, right? Or, because like, I, I actually think that, um, you know, people's, you know, willingness to, to spend their money and, you know, con- consume depends, you know, to, to put it in more technical economic terms, not just on their hopefulness, but on their expectations of future income. And if you really do believe that Donald Trump's going to improve the lot of Americans, you're, you're willing to go out and spend more and borrow more and uh, bid prices up on things. I, I think, uh, you know, it so might, it's kind of like a, it's 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 a wealth effect, essentially. Yeah, yeah it's you know, uh, which hasn't really that idea hasn't worked so well. I don't know if you've let, noticed. Let's that. call it let's call it trumpetative easing. He actually, you know, encouraged. Whoa, it. Not. <laughs> I think Chuck needs to get in here. Well, look, we know nothing about Trump's policies, so you can't look out and say, oh, this is what it's going to do for the economy during a Trump presidency. What you can start to say is, I think we're getting to the point where Trump must be factored into the market as opposed to being ignored. Wall Street's okay. going to start doing that. 
Now, there's two different ways that that happens. One is, well, what happens if Trump wins? The other is, you know, go back a couple of weeks, and I guess it's about six weeks now or whenever it was, when Hillary did her little tweet on pharmaceutical stocks, and you saw a significant effect on pharma. Mm -hmm. I think that what you're going to see happen first is that while Trump becomes the clear front runner and people have to start taking him seriously, everything that Hillary says is already going to start moving the market because there's still a presumption that Trump can't win. So that makes her statements that much more important, and you'll start seeing the market act on that stuff that much more than it already has. So in other words, if you thought the reaction was a little volatile the last time it happened, it would be twice that today. And that 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 uh, perception that Trump can't win is particularly embedded in uh, Trump's hometown of New York City, where, as we know, a lot of, uh, you know, very big investors live and operate. And so they probably share this sentiment that, uh, you know, obviously a lot of Republicans around the country do not share. But uh, I, I'm it, you. It's very hard to uh, find anybody in New York City who thinks that um, Trump is, you know, it, it ha- is the very likely winner. Uh, regard, you know, everybody doubted he could get the Republican nomination. Now that doubt has gone away a lot, but people still don't. I think have a lot of trouble. Maybe just because we've known about him for so long, uh, a lot of trouble imagining right. a Trump presidency. Well, so I mean, I want to get back. He's saying Trump has said he's going he's to. Get this country back to six percent growth. What's your What's your feeling about that? I think that uh, you know that's probably a little ambitious. Uh, we we're a long way from six percent growth, but I I, I do think that um, uh, in the same way I think just to, to put this in a historical perspective, I think two thousand and nine and two thousand ten would have been a lot worse economically if people hadn't been happy about electing Barack Obama. I don't think his policies change things. I think sentiment really matters and really affects the way people live, you know, not just how they operate in financial markets, uh, but how, you know, what they do with their own income. And I think things would have been much worse had a much more dour uh, former POW uh, been elected in 2008 than than they turned out to be. That doesn't mean for long term. I think policy matters, you know, more long term. But it, uh, so in the same way, I think Trump actually probably can. Uh, so it's morning get, in America. This is sort of Reagan. Absolutely. I mean, I think there's also some inter- other interesting things, right? Are there any, you know, like are there stocks that you would want to avoid or own in a in a Trump administration? Uh there's a company called Elbit Systems that um, is already contracted to build some fences along the border in Arizona. <laughs> oh. And they, 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 they are an Israeli company, I believe, and they built a lot of the defense perimeter in Israel. I think that, you know, if Trump got elected, you know, there, you know, there'd probably be a big demand for their business. <laughs> wow. Chuck, is there a Boston take on Donald Trump? Uh, right now, I think Boston is still sort of reeling at the idea that this is actually going to happen. I think we'll know Boston's take after the primary, which, of course, is next week. But I think Boston is kind of hoping not. <laughs> yeah. As I think so many parts of the country are hoping not. Yeah. I, I have to say, you know, even today... The, the Chris Christie news, and for those who forget, Chris Christie was my high school class president. 
Wow. Really? Can, wow. I, yes, and, and I can tell Wait, you that did you, news, So you knew him in high school? Did you vote yes, for him back I, then? I knew him then. I know him now. And, and I can tell you that the news certainly shocked a whole bunch of our classmates. The Facebook talk has been very interesting wow. today. And, you know, I think that it's, it, we're really in a case where, where the more Trump goes, it becomes serious, the more we see the fallout. But I don't think you – would you want to invest on a promise that Trump means 6% growth? No. no. I wouldn't no. invest on anybody's Anybody. promise right. that right. they could no. make 6% growth. In fact, the, the mere promise of it makes is a red should be a red is, flag. Is, is, yeah, should definitely for anybody for anybody look, anyone saying that because that's a big big number. I I think you should I think again to you know if if you think that you know that animal spirits matter targeting a higher rate of growth uh, should actually help encourage a higher rate of growth, meaning you know he, he says we're going to get there. And that should help you get there. Sentiment can only go so far. Right. But I mean, yeah, but I mean we've, we've I mean, been through we've been this for a long time. Now. Everybody targets a higher growth rate. And everybody says that they've got a plan to bring us back. And, you know, reality tends to slap those plans in the hey, face. Hey, we're going to see better growth in the second half. I swear. Right. Yeah, I've been hearing that for 15 years. The second half. The second half. All right. Um, let's take a break. <laughs> let's take a break. We'll come back on the other side with more Food Fight. Hi, this is Kevin Sitzemong. This is Beth Cracklauer. Check us out on the Off-Duty Podcast. We talk about food, cocktails, all of the finer things in life. Check us out at wsj.com slash podcast. And become a subscriber on iTunes. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, Financial Food Fight. Welcome back, Paul Vigna, Stephen Grosser, John Carney, and Chuck Jaffe. We were talking about Donald Trump and the markets, and you know, it's, a, it's an interesting time in the markets because you've had a pretty furious rally this month in since the the diamond bottom oh is that what they're calling it we're we're calling it now seriously that's what we're calling it now is that that's (laughs) a thing that's just to remind people right jb diamond came in but a lot of but but a a fairly sizable chunk of his company jp morgan chase's stock uh, he seemed to have ticked the bottom, at least for his yeah, stock, and then for know. the broader market. Uh, no, no. Deutsche, Deutsche Bank at the exact same time, by the way, bought back billions of their own debt. I mean, that was, was that made was a little good. bigger. I think it was a bigger news was, item than, was a good, than Jamie. I think I think there were a lot of things that sort of went on for that you know yeah. sort of turnaround. <laughs> Primarily, it was you know the, the, uh, the UAE minister coming out and saying. You know that they were willing to compromise right. on uh, oil yeah, and that whole thing went nowhere. The the, the point of the, the point of this whole thing and this is what we want to debate is February's rally. Is this thing a mirage or is this thing for real? That is that is the question on the table. Whoever I, wants to jump in, I, can I'm, I'm going to go in with real. Um, that uh, we have moved out of a place where every piece of bad news sent markets crashing. That's an important psychological step to take. You know, even today, you know, we have stories still coming out, right? Things should make people nervous. Uh, you know, the ECB, the Fed, worried China about- China yesterday. China yesterday. Although people China were, was positive today. <laughs> people worried about, you know, global slowdowns. Uh, the reaction is not as violent as it was. Um, you don't get the, you know, the massive sell-off, the Bank of America down 7% in a day. Um, 
which, you know, uh, means that, you know, doesn't mean that we go straight up from here. But I think it means that some of the the, the like quick reaction fear and the, the fear that that the decline might be bottomless. Right. A month ago, people were like, well, how far down can we go? Uh, you know, it seems like we now know. And, you know, it doesn't mean we rally. You know, we were you know, stocks were dead in the water for most of the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, we could be in a similar position. Um, but I do think it means we're, you know, at least for now, you know, things could, you know, things could get bad again. Fear could come back in. But we, it seems like we've passed that psychological threshold. Uh, I say no. This is a mirage. It is a temporary lull. I don't think anything has really changed. I, I think you had a temporary, you know, if you want to call it a, a short covering rally, if you want to call it, you know, some profit taking by the bears, whatever you want to call it. The, the, to me, the fundamental thing is that the backdrop has not changed at all. The economy is still not growing strongly here or overseas. It's even worse overseas. Uh, the Federal Reserve, you know, they're in a weird position, but where are they going to go? How much can they, you know, okay, say they slow down the pace of rate increases. What are, are we getting QE4? Are we getting negative rates out of the Fed? I mean, that's what everyone's talking about. I don't think the Fed is going to turn around that quickly. So I don't see the Fed becoming some big ballast for the risk trade. I think this is a temporary lull. And, you know, it's, it's funny because today, you know, Friday, this would be the last trading day of February, but Monday is a leap day. Right. So the S&P this month is up so far 0.4%. So they get one more day to decide <laughs> what February really was. But at best, this is going to be a flat month for the stock market, really. This, this was just a little bit of a pause. Take a breath. You know, I still think you are going to see the S&P 500 this year trade significantly below the 1800 mark into the 1700s because i just don't think that the picture has turned at all well let me well i just want you so you're bearish okay (laughs) i i think i well i i think there's there uh even though i i think that this rally or whatever you want to call it um has been is real and may stay with us a little bit i think that there's still so much weakness in the energy sector still, mm-hmm. and that a lot of these companies are probably stretched much thinner than we know right now, and that there is the potential for them to run into serious liquidity problems, and that could be a, yeah. a very serious trigger for a, a new downturn. I, 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 I have this feeling that right now we've almost been in this extend and pretend mode with, the, with energy, with the drillers, with a lot of the exploration companies, and that... Once you start seeing a couple of those show real signs of distress, uh, it it, you're, it could accelerate. Well, I mean, I was going to say, uh, is it, you're right. I mean, the, the, they've been able to tap – the energy companies have been able to tap the capital markets, and they've raised billions upon billions of dollars, which has allowed them to, you know, sort of stretch it out and survive. And that is – you know, a lot of people are arguing that's coming to an end, like their like their their ability to sort of you know stretch us. But I would actually make the point that I think we're in this sort of muddle long phase right now in the markets, um, and the real question is all about oil and energy, and it has been since 2014. Um, you know, earnings. You know, the impact on the earnings 
is all energy and how it's filtered through to energy. And it's not until we hit a bottom in energy, until like the companies of like, you know, the energy you know sector said uncle that I think you know that the the stock market can move up. And I think this is largely still energy and oil prices. Well, I mean, you saw this get, in two thousand. Yeah, let, let Chuck get yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're going to get to the summer, and I think that's when you're going to wind up seeing particularly the big oil stocks, bounce back. I mean, look, ExxonMobil started this month announcing a 25% capital spending cut for 2016. Yeah. It had cut capital spending last year as well. This is the first time in, in about three decades that it had back-to-back years of cutting capital spending. And the other big oil stocks followed suit, and they've reduced exploration. You've had several smaller competitors that went bankrupt. You've had industry output cut, and although OPEC keeps pushing it out and pushing it out, you've got a more reasonable level of supply. And, and we're at the time of year where you've got, you know, sort of a slowdown and in, in the industry's in a natural slowdown. There's a, a lot of things that don't happen at this time of year and wait until you get to the summer. But I think if you get to the point where the market proves that it's not going to sit at $20 oil and what have you, it's not going to get there, you can make money if you're an oil company at $40 oil as long as production's at reasonable levels right. and they've gotten it there. Yeah. I mean the rig the rig count today I think was at a, as the lowest yeah. since so, so wait Chuck what, what do you what do you think is this a real turnaround or is this a temporary bounce or what's your take on it I think it's a temporary bounce I, I think there's more pain to go I think what you're seeing right now feels like a bear market rally to me right yeah all right uh, let's leave it there want to thank everyone want to thank you guys for listening hey uh, if you missed it check out our Adam Draper interview which we dropped a little earlier from Boost VC out in California he had a lot of interesting things to say about Bitcoin the blockchain and the Silicon Valley bubble if there is or isn't one uh, and next week we're going to have Jeff Rosenberg from BlackRock on Friday yeah I booked this one today grocer forgot to tell you uh, BlackRock's Jeffrey Rosenberg is going to be on Friday to talk about the jobs report it's going to be a big one because that is the last one before the Fed's meeting, right, the Fed's March meeting. So there will be a lot to talk about, and we'll, we'll see you before then, obviously. Everyone have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.